I read a brilliant sermon earlier this week on a very cool blog called The Deacon's Bench that started with the story of Andrew Horton. I'm sure you've never heard of him. I hadn't either. But he got just a little attention when he died in a subway tunnel fire near Lexington and 63rd in New York City. Earlier this month, at the age of 43. I suppose he was like a lot of other street folks. His friends said he was a gentle guy. But as a child, he bounced from one foster home to another, and eventually he had trouble with addictions. And he was arrested quite a few times, and so he felt that he never really fit in. As a result, he spent most of his life underground, in the tunnels of the New York subway system, in the dark. You and I would have never heard of him, except that a few weeks ago, when the firefighters pulled his body from the rubble, among his things, they found a manuscript for a graphic novel called Pitch Black, a novel that was actually published four years ago. So it turns out that this guy wasn't a vagrant or a troublemaker. He was an artist and a writer. And his novel describes some of what he'd learned living underground in the dark. Always carry a light. Anything you need can be found in the garbage. Always have more than one spot. And always have a way out that is different from the way in. That last bit is in the gospel for tonight, I think. We try to do our best but we get dinged up and sometimes we get broken and sometimes our lives get reduced to darkness. The church is such great stuff. And Jesus asks us to pray, to let him know what we need and to build a relationship with him. In our prayers, he gives us the chance to trade ideas and information. He lets us remember what he's done for us in the past. And he lets us ask for what we want in the future. And then suddenly, somehow, we're standing on a street corner showing off, if we are still praying at all. Jesus asks us to be generous to the poor. It's a very simple fact that the world works best. When we all give a real tithe of 10% to the church, and then on top of that, we always have some alms for the poor. So that you and I can do some double-barreled good in the world and live with an open heart. And then suddenly, somehow, we're giving to show off, not to show love to those in need, if we are still giving at all. Jesus asks us to fast. And that's a little strange for us, 
especially we who are Lutheran, because nobody ever taught us how. And fasting is a habit, and sometimes it's hard, and there's actually a technique. And Jesus tells us that there are some demons that will only go away with the combination of prayer and fasting. So if we never learn and we get discouraged, and we wake up on an Ash Wednesday in 2012, and we are 50 or 60 years old, and we've never fasted, not even once, it means that that particular brand of demon still holds sway among us. You're not bad people. I love you and I love this place. After all, you've come out on a Wednesday night and you're about to get smudged. But sometimes, for whatever reason, bad breaks or bad parents or bad kids, bullies, painful stuff that we just could not control, innocent suffering, illness, death, the devil, the world, our flesh. We get roughed up and we lose our way. And sometimes we even curl up and stop doing what we were always meant to do. And sometimes we even hide in the darkness. It is way more common than any of you think. But the church knows this about us. So every year the church carves out these next 40 days until Easter to push back the darkness. Lent knows there is another way out, and it is very different from the way that we came in. So what's next? Sometimes church should be as practical as possible. Come tonight and get your ashes. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. That means, listen folks, your days are numbered. And if you want a life that matters, things need to change. We need to move out of the darkness and into the light. You got it? Good job, done. Jesus forgives you. Repentance and forgiveness always come first. But then what? Always have a way out that is different from the way in. And that means trying something new. The gospel is very clear, so try this. Go home tonight and say your prayers. And for the next 40 days, set a time and a place even if it's just one minute in the morning to say the Lord's Prayer. Try it, do it, enjoy it. Fail at it. Repent it. Repent of it. Come back tomorrow, do it again, do it better. Have fun with it. Rejoice in it. It's all forgiven. 
That's how you build the habit of prayer in Lent. Next, go home and get control of your money. It's been long enough now. So in the next 40 days, rearrange your finances so that you can not only give a tithe of 10% that always comes into your hands, but also, as Jesus says tonight, you have an alm for the poor. In the scriptures, alms always presumed a tithe first. And those two together is what Jesus is talking about tonight. So go home and try it. Do it. See if you can enjoy it. Go ahead and fail at it. Repent of it. Try it again tomorrow. Do it better. Have some fun with it. Rejoice in it. It's all forgiven, you know. That's how you build the habit of tithing and alms during the 40 days of Lent. Finally, go home and try fasting. Give something up. And when you feel the pinch, then you remember that it is Jesus' pinch on the cross that pushes back the darkness. If you have never fasted before, then choose a little thing, something you can manage. Chocolate, beer, no meat on Friday. Facebook? And see if you can go without that from now till the Easter Vigil. Much harder than that, the next level, is not to give up a material thing, but to give up a bad habit. To fast from complaining, or gossiping, or anger, or plans for revenge. And to build a new habit instead of counting your blessings, the billions and billions of things that the Lord does good for you every day. You probably should get a notebook and you probably should write it down. Forty days from now, you'll be surprised by all the good the Lord has done for you. You should try it and try to enjoy it. You should do it and you should fail at it. And you should come back tomorrow and do it again. Do it better. You should have some fun with it. Rejoice in it. It's all forgiven. After all, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. If you've never done any of these three things, three things about which Jesus talks so much, start tonight. You're going to struggle, but that's going to be okay. Because struggle is better than a descent into darkness. And when you struggle, you reach up and touch your ashes, and you confess the trouble, and you forgive yourself. And in doing that, you avoid the darkness. And you have the chance for a fresh start. Maybe, just maybe, if we could all have some fun this Lent, maybe we could get better at what Jesus asks of us. Lent means that we don't go out the way that we came in. It means that Jesus comes to us with all our troubles 
and all our fears and all our frustrations and all our limitations and all our bad habits and all the subtle ways that we sin. And our time with Jesus is so utterly transformative that we are completely changed and he makes it possible for us to go home by a different way. So tonight is the first of 40 days of different way, a way that followed Jesus all the way to a full cross and then to an empty tomb. Happy Lent, in the holy name of Jesus.